Hello and welcome to the Nymon Be Praised. I'm Jack. And I'm Joe. And we are here. We have made it to the end of the se of our season. We are finally here. Ooh. After all this time. <laughs> after all that badgering from Roger. Specifically Roger. Yeah, email under email. This is for you, Roger. We're yeah, we're, today we're cutting right to the chase. No half an hour preamble. No kind of, how's your day? How have you been, Joe? How have you been, Jack? We're here to talk about the long game. My so, thoughts have been percolating for weeks and weeks. <laughs> well, now that you mention that, at the end of all your percolations, mm -hmm. Joe, what do you think of the long game? Yeah, it's all right. What do you think of the long uh, game? Oh, I um, I haven't watched it in quite a while, so I don't have many thoughts on it. I think it's okay. Mistress Rani, the time tunnel is ready to receive its first guests. Uh, proceed. Fated to wander a dismal corner of the universe for 20 years. Helpless. Paralyzed. <laughs> It'll drive them insane. Mayday! This is an urgent message for all of the doctors. It is vitally important that you listen carefully to me. For once, our whole existence is being threatened by a renegade Time Lord known only as the Rani. <gasps> she hates me. <gasps> You're right, Joe. <laughs> she even hates children. <laughs> <laughs> Two of my earlier selves have already been snared in her vicious trap. The grumpy one and the flautist too. <laughs> she wants to put, put she wants to put us out of action. Lock us away in a dreary corner of London's <laughs> East End. <laughs> what the trapped in a time loop in perpetuity, and her evil is all around us. I can hear the heartbeat of a killer. She's out there somewhere. We must be on our guard and we we must stop her before she destroys all our other selves. Oh. 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 <gasps> Good luck, my dears. A Cyberman and a Time Lord from Gallifrey. One more specimen <laughs> is needed. An Earthling. The menagerie is almost complete. Time is literally of the essence. Boing, boing, boing. She boings the controls a few times, I think. Boing, boing, boing. I, the Doctor's remaining incarnations are teetering on the edge of a precipice. You're obsessed. Don't forget what we came here for. 
Earthlings pose no threat to my technology. It's the doctor I want out of the way. The scanner screen opens. Interception in five seconds, Rani. Although, I will miss the challenge. Three, two, one. Activate! in China, now that November is here. When was the last time you had that junkie in for an MOT, Professor? Well, don't be a cynical ease. The instruments are just a little bit erratic, that's all. Great Wall of China? It looks more like the Cutty Sark to me. Hmm. And not a soul in sight. 1973? Oi! Is anybody there? If I didn't know better, I could I could be convinced that someone has deliberately taken us off course. Ace, what are you doing? Here, you're not the doctor. Yes, I am, Ace. We seem to have slipped a groove in time. Where have all these people come from? And where are we? Hey, Professor, look at this. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right, darling. Special discount for you, seeing as it's nearly Christmas. Oh, wicked. <laughs> oh, oh what, do, what do you mean, discount? <laughs> this year's been bad enough as it is without you, without you giving things away. Oh, don't worry about it. It's uh, all right. Hey, 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 do you, do you like that, love? It clashes. I tell you, it's it. they're going to be all the rage in 1994. <laughs> What's happening? Change. You, me, everything. It's as though someone is rooting through my personal time stream. But what on earth for? Earth, yes. Excuse me, my good woman, <laughs> but what year is this? Oh, you come back here. You just need to know it. Shouldn't your Martin be looking after the stall? Ian, never ear. Yeah, I can't say that line. Oh, he's never ear when you want him. I wish my Arthur was still alive. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Stop messing the goods about. Do you want to buy something or what? Well, considering the quality of everything you have here, madam, I would say your prices are rather expensive. I see flares are back in fashion. Yeah, everything from the last century seems to be having a comeback. Last century? What What year is this? Oh, don't start. That's, there's enough oddballs around here as it is. Madam, Madam, what year is this? <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> 2003! <laughs> Yeah, I can, I, I can remember exactly where, where, what the hell? Yeah, I can remember exactly where I was when the Kennedy when Kennedy was assassinated, but don't tell Arthur. How long ago was that then? Well, it will be about 10 years. No. Ian, will you behave? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Precisely. I am the Doctor. No, you're not. You're nothing like my grandfather. I feel as if I've been pulled backwards through time and my companions are being drawn with me. Ian! 
Barbara! <laughs> where, where are the others? The inrush of time zones is designed to steal us all together. Well, my skin's been great since I started using all over sunblock. I think it's right, it's the law. Law? law? Since when? Where have you been hiding then? Hi, I thought you'd be involved somewhere along the line. What we're seeing here, Sarah, is the work of a genius. An expert in time distortions. A time traveller, maybe. And an ingenious operator. Well, then we must get back to the TARDIS, Doctor. It's on the other side of the river. You know, we seem to be flitting about and around and some sort of time loop. 1973. 1993. 2013. Yes, well, the time distortion of this nature requires an exact localised focus. Well, why this street market in London? This isn't the focus, Sarah. Blundering fools. They're getting too near the truth. Release the specimens! Meantime at the zoo? Oh, and the companions went in two by two. This isn't Noah's Ark, Doctor. Oh, maybe it is. When I say run, run. Yes, Peter Davison is very bored by all of this. Run! <laughs> Look, you've got to clear the streets! You're in terrible danger! Hey, what's your game? You've got to get away from here! Yeah, who says? If you start shoving me around, you'll know about it. Wait, who... It's no good. It's no They're good. in different time zones. To them, we're strangers. It's so sad that we we both know the music. Have you any any idea where we're going, Doctor? Where's the target? Doctor, where's the target? Twenty years back and three miles away. Come on! You can't escape, Doctor. Say goodbye, Doctors. You're all going on a long journey. A, a very, very long, long journey. You can't escape, Doctor. Say goodbye. Actually, why don't actually you say the line? I got to say it last time. You can't escape, Doctor. Say goodbye, Doctors. You're all going on a long journey. A very long journey. The Rani. I take back what I said about an ingenious operator being behind these time jumps. What's going on, Doctor? Who else could master such a difficult operation? (laughs) Back to my TARDIS.
The fifth doctor put, puts his hands on his temples and concentrates. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why bother trying to sum up your remaining selves? I've weakened you. I've got a few more tricks up my sleeve yet, madam. It's time for you to start losing. You, a female, come here. No, Liz, you mustn't. Leave this to me. I'll take my chances. Doing? Leave her alone! Doctor! Come on, quickly! The doctor climbs into Bessie. Mike shoots the Ronnie. Uh, she rushes into the Queen Vic. Mike, thank you very much. Get me to the TARDIS as quick as possible. As Bessie pulls up, a unit seeking helicopter lands, piloted by the Brigadier. The third doctor runs towards him. Brigadier! Wait, why did I wrong? Sorry, Brigadier! Come on, Doctor! The far now! The uh, Greenwich Observatory, 1993. With a flash, the scene shifts to the helicopter landing. The sixth doctor and the brigadier climb out. Oh, this is both me. I'm finding it difficult to keep up with you these days, doctor. Some other time, eh, brigadier? Alas, there's no time for pleasantries. I must find my young friend. We'll speak soon, old chap. To all of you, I hope. I now have everything I want apart from one Earthling. My menagerie is almost complete. Prepare to rematerialize at the center of the Earth Time Meridian, Greenwich. <laughs> I thought you said you'd locked it. I did. Someone must have broken in. What's going on here? Who are you? What's your game? Uh, I, I, oh, I was looking for the doctor. It, it's If it's really any of your business. Well, you won't find him here. He lives at number one Albert Square over there. I'll suggest you leave. <laughs> have you seen the <laughs> Have you seen the doctor? Yeah, Dr. Leg. He's the only doctor round here, love. <laughs> doctor Who! Oh, this is such a dumb joke! <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking dumb script. I've seen them. Oh, you... I've seen them thrown out the pick, but never dragged in. <laughs> uh, hang on, the third Doctor and Victoria are running towards the TARDIS. I should be taking it easy, not bounding around like some mega Luthian slime skimmer. Who was that terrible woman? <laughs> Milk that life for all it's worth, John. Thank you. <laughs> It's the Rani. Her handiwork is behind all this confusion and time, and now her control is beginning to break down. <laughs> ah, good. There's the TARDIS. Come on, Victoria. He ushers her into Exterior. the TARDIS. The Doctor's TARDIS lands Ex with a flash. The Seventh Doctor disembarks and watches the Rani's TARDIS materialise in the guise of a stone pillar. <laughs> the Rani's TARDIS. Doctor! God, this is her kind of like weird. Uh, I see she let you go. Not before she clones me. She's got a menagerie of clones in there. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Louise Jameson's very weird enunciation in this scene. She's attempting, she's attempting to transfer a massive time tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> through, through the Greenwich Meridian. 
She has a computer in there with genetic codes and brain prints of every living creature in the entire cosmos. With it, evolution is hard to control. Yes. <laughs> Except, what form were, were you in when, when she cloned you? Now think, it's very important. <gasps> Romana! <laughs> <laughs> What a time, lady. <laughs> that means there are two, there are two time breaks in the Rani's computer. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, need to... Compose yourself. Three, yeah, three, two, one. Overload. <laughs> <laughs> Interior, that's it. The Rani's TARDIS. 30 seconds to computer achieving full power status, mistress. Excellent! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doctor Ace and K9 are wiring up change of charges around the Rani's TARDIS. <clears throat> Hold this! 25 seconds, Master! I'm trying to overload the Rani's computer, enhance the power of the time tunnel to pull her TARDIS and in and not me. I assume it's not as easy as it sounds. Of course not! 20 seconds! I must try and free my other incarnations. Join with me. We must, Join with we me. must pull three. We must succeed. Precisely. Good luck. Good luck. Five seconds. K9, activate the converter. Three. <laughs> Two. Here goes! Switch detonating a series of explosions around the Brani star as a team of heroes like. No! The Brani star is sucked inside, and the images of the first and second doctors are freed. Oh no! Don't tell me that was a real line. Hoisted by her own Patardis. Patardis. You say it, go on. It's not in the script. Hoisted by her own petardis. What did you do to her? Well, there were two time brains in her computer, and I used it to propel her into the trap she set for me. So now all your other selves are three? Well, certainly I. I, I mean, we <laughs> are difficult to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jack, after that incredibly serious renditioning of Dimensions in Time, um, I've got one question for mm. you, and it's in the words of Mueller from the Pirate yeah. Planet. Why, why, <laughs> why, why, why does this have to exist? Okay, is there a Doctor Who story out there that gives you more pleasure than Dimensions in Time? Be honest. 
No, absolutely none. <laughs> is that because Dimensions in Time is an incredible, uh, you know, a skillful piece of work? I mean, as far as I'm aware, it is the best script I have seen from David Roden to date. <laughs> who the hell is David Roden? I don't know. Didn't you tell me it was the guy who plays the Ruffy's companion? I'm going to look it up as we speak. Um, I... So I have a, I have a me, question though, me, like 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 given given all the scripts in Doctor Who's history, um, yes, yes. Do you think this is like one of the most tightly constructed scripts that Doctor Who ever put out? Because it's only like fifteen minutes long and it's got a whole plot. Yeah, you're right. It has a clear beginning, middle, and end. And the beginning, the beginning of the middle, and the end of the middle both consist of. Say goodbye, Doctor. <laughs> You're all going on a very long journey. Can you imagine um, a a Doctor Who uh, villain more appropriate than the Rani for this story? You know what? I, I, if, if the, you know, <laughs> it's hard to talk about this story as if it has actual merit. <laughs> but I think if this story had had the master as a villain it would not it would not be as enjoyable as it is no i know even ainley's master like kate amara is going for it right like you could say that yeah. in time of the rani as well like she, she just goes for it i always feel like she's the one who's determined to have the most fun yeah oh and she, <clears throat> even though i feel like the material is probably beneath everybody. <laughs> like Tom, like Tom Baker, he couldn't even be bothered showing up. No. He's, he's like, so he's pre-filmed, right? Yeah. With with those is weird, it, has he got those like the weird like 3D effects? Like those that, weird flubes or whatever they are. Yeah, going around him. They're like, I, you know, I reckon for Tom Baker, it's just him going, what? Other Doctor Who's, yeah. I can't be seen with them. But some of his lines, though, I could hear a heartbeat of a killer. Of a killer. Like, no one else could deliver I... those lines so well. I know. And he, and he did it for charity. And more importantly, he did it for me. Well, okay, so I think John Pertwee genuinely thinks, like, he's giving a committed performance and he he thinks that this like is about the third doctor i think everyone else yeah. has got a bit of a wink in their eye but john pertwee's absolutely playing this for real yeah <laughs> do, do you think he's playing it for real when he says madam what year is this oh absolutely yeah i think yeah i, I can't think of a line he's uh, delivered with more dramatic <laughs> gravitas <laughs> What what season of Pertwee do you think has been plucked out of time? Which which is this like season uh, ten Pertwee? I think this is probably season no season eleven. This is from his last year because he recognises okay. Sarah, doesn't he? He recognises Sarah. Oh, of course, yes, yes, yes. You've been paying attention to the continuity, <laughs> Joe. Do you think Katie Manning was asked and they, and she was like, "Yeah, no, you're right. I'm not coming back from Australia <laughs> for this. Sorry." I Sarah, it's it's Sarah Jane's appearance in this is is super weird. It, I mean, everything about this is weird. But <laughs> I mean, 
I have some trivia about Good. Elizabeth Sladen, though, like because she was sick as a dog apparently the day she shot in Albert oh? Square. Like, so she went. She says in in her mem in her autobiography, she went behind the market store and threw up, and then came back and delivered her scene. So the fact that she delivers <laughs> it so well is astonishing. I mean, somehow it only makes dimensions and time more perfect <laughs> by having Liz Sladen going behind and vomiting somewhere what? whilst filming Dimensions and Time. I've got a question for you though. Why wasn't Adric and Dodo in this? Uh, Dodo, because they couldn't afford the budget <laughs> to bring her costume back. I think Adric is uh, because, like, I mean, what would Adric say? Why isn't he here? Why is he never around when you want him? Oh, no, I think there's, like, very complicated, uh, I don't know, plot reasons. Because if you had Adric there, he could do, like, I don't know, block transfer computations. Oh. So he would be able to solve the, he'd be able to solve the plot in, like, five minutes. And we wouldn't get the glorious, <laughs> it'll overload. And unfortunately, Dodo already. has already died of, like, an STD and been blown, blown I had a shotgun to the face. So, at this point. So. <laughs> do you know, I'm told in the director's cut... The director's cut. There's not a director's cut. <laughs> Is there? In the director's. No, no. Oh, thank God. For I that. think that. <sighs> I. In, in the director's cut of Dimensions and Time, which definitely exists, and I'm not going mad. You Excuse me. You're not going mad because I know Ian Levine has a version with scenes that were edited out. And he put it on YouTube once. So there is an extended, and apparently, in his own words, it makes more sense and it's a more robust Doctor Who story. <laughs> but why would you want that? <laughs> I know. I mean, why would you want to tamper with perfection? I know. Don't, doesn't he understand that the, 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 by making it a better Doctor Who story, you're in fact making it a worse Doctor Who story. Indeed. And okay, it, of all the Doctors, who do you think's the most embarrassed to take part in this? Um, I think it's a very tight race between Peter Davison and Tom Baker. I I think it's Peter Davison. Although I think he's trying, yeah. like as usual, he's trying to give like a committed performance, but <clears throat> you can almost tell in his face he's like, oh. It's for charity, right? It is for charity. Yeah. Yeah. I Because at least with Tom, you can tell he kind of got his way, where it's like, I'm not showing up to this fucking set. Uh, I'm just going to you know film really, by myself. Do you know what's really funny is, right, in this, they do something that was never done in EastEnders before, because EastEnders is supposed to take place. <laughs> um, there's like a railway what tunnel. part of this was not done in EastEnders before? <laughs> They, they they never showed uh, a train going across that tunnel because it's not a railway tunnel. But in Dimensions in Time, they have like oh. a space a space age train sort of going across it that looks really dreadful. And then a few years later, EastEnders did it with like real special effects. And guess what? They did it better. Wow! <laughs> but the groundwork was laid by the thirtieth anniversary story, Dimensions in Time. Well, she mentions in this about Arthur dying as well, and he was still alive in EastEnders when this was broadcast. But then a few years later, he died, and those scenes are set in the future. Wow! JNT man, he's a <laughs> prophecy of soap opera futures. 
Yeah, let's check. Let's check the um, let's check the writing credits on that. David Roden, did you write for EastEnders as well? Well, no, don't forget J and T wrote this script too. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Did did J and T direct I... this? I think he did direct this, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Aren't there the, 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 those like behind the scenes clips of him like with the big those big really awful chunky 3D glasses on? I mean it's very sweet of us to suggest that this was actually directed <clears throat> rather than just sort of thrown together. But um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I've got a question for you about the menagerie of monsters. I I will answer that question, but I would like to go back to what I was saying that in in the director's cut of Dimensions in Time. Mm which I've never seen, I like to believe that through some kind of time shenanigans, Adric appears um, by the ship, by his ship that's crash landing into Earth at the end of Earthshock, actually gets time jumped into the future, and he in fact crash lands into the, um, into the Vic. And he appears at the very end of the story, just going, no, I'll never know if I was right. But the thing is, right, if that had actually happened, yeah, so say, like, I don't know, the whole plot is over, and then this spaceship just goes, ah, ah, and smashes into the Queen Vic, right? That wouldn't even be the most absurd thing in this story, would it? <laughs> no, the most absurd thing would be seeing a much older um, uh, Matthew Waterhouse in the Adrid costume again. No, no, he gets out, right? He 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 climbs out of the wreckage of the spaceship that he has gone into out. the Queen Vic, and and it, it, for for EastEnders, it's like the bit in um, Emmerdale where the helicopter crashed and wiped out half the cast. So they managed to wipe out half the EastEnders cast with this crash. Adric gets out, but through some like dreadful time spillage, one of the dinosaurs that he wipes out in Earthshock came through the vortex as well and just eats him. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that the run is like, an Alzarian, my time menagerie is complete. <laughs> that's what, no, that's what she was after all along. She was creating her thing around the Greenwich Meridian to create a time vortex that would bring in the freezer. My God. <laughs> we found a way to make Dimensions I... in Time even better. I, John, uh, David Roden, if you're still with us in, in the year 2021, you know where to find us. In fact, I'm astonished that Target did not release a novelization of this book. I feel as if there are <laughs> themes to explore. <laughs> you know, Terrence Dix was just like, you know, I've gone pretty low before, but not even <laughs> I'm going to go this low. I, I, I will write your quick reads, you know, um, the Dune story and the Sideman story. I'll, I'll do your reads for people that, that find it difficult to read, but I will not novelize Dimensions in Time. I apparently <laughs> his first draft was just one page. It was just it was half a page. It was and it was just a, a two two word description of Act One and Act Two. I said Act One like it had some prestige. <laughs> um, do you remember? It's just like oh sorry, mm -hmm. no, go on. What are you gonna say? No, 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 I, I was running out of steam on my joke, so it's probably good you interrupt me now. Do you remember um, the Noel's house party scenes where John Pertwee comes to the door? And... Oh, doesn't he have the big red nose on his face? No, 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 he's just wearing like his velvet costume. And um, oh, yeah. he's like, oh, I am the doctor. 
And then Noel, Noel says something ridiculous, and and like John Pertwee looks straight to the camera and goes, "They said he was thick, but I had no idea he was this stupid." It's real. It's so <laughs> laboured. It's just terrible, but very funny. Oh no 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 no! You've actually got it slightly wrong. It's in fact much worse oh, than no, John. Is he, he looks dead into the camera and says, "I heard he was thick, but I thought they were talking about his waistline." Oh no. Oh god. And he goes, Yes, it's, it's about awful. the new, it's about my new adventure. I'm going to sit down and watch it. And it's all just so weird. Like the whole thing is now look, let's let's be honest. This was for charity and they raised money. Do you want to hear the most hilarious facts about dimensions in time? Go on. <clears throat> because it was broadcast as part of Noel's house party on Comic Relief Night. It's it's yeah. it got around thirteen million viewers per episode. Oh my God. So it's some of the highest watched Doctor Who of all time. <laughs> and so no wonder people were going. Do you know what? Well, let, let's not bring this back. I think this might have had its day. What what did City of Death get? Was uh, it no, so 17, City of Death, was... no, 16, 16 points something for episode Oh, uh, I was so hoping that it would dethrone City of Death. <laughs> I was so hoping. I was glenching my fists. Uh, but what do you think of the Menagerie of Monsters? Because obviously you've got Fifi from Happiness Patrol, a Time Lord, yeah. and Argolin from the Leisure Hive. Yeah, no Nymon. Huh? No, There's no, no what the hell is that all about? Yeah, they would be perfect. They would. Can you imagine if it was just like you know when it's like a Cyberman and a Time Lord from if it was like a a Nymon <laughs> and, a, and quark. a Time Lord from Galifant? No, a Quark. <laughs> that's all that's yeah, missing. The oh, I don't know. I, I'm guessing Wait. that they went to the Museum of Moving Image and just dragged out whatever props they had. Actually, where were the Daleks? Oh, the Terry Nation probably yeah. didn't give them the rights, did he? There, I bet there were some rights issues there. Is there a Cyberman? There is, isn't there? Yeah, there, there's a Cyberman. I think because the Daleks aren't there, the Cybermen are very prominent. Because obviously you get that one that's getting... Uh, that the Ronnie's shoving a panel full of glass in its face. That's true. Um just goes, yep, you seen that? Put that away. Um, and then you get, I think, isn't the cliffhanger, it's like right at the front of the menagerie of monsters? That's right, yeah, as they're all approaching. Yeah. Um, Jack, I've got a question for you. I know I've been known, I've, I've thrown some difficult <clears throat> questions at you in our first yeah. three seasons of the Nine Won't Be Praised. This, yeah. however, is the greatest challenge in question form that I will ever yeah. throw at you. Uh huh. Explain the plot of Dimensions in Time to me, please. So, um, the Rani has pickled William Hartnell. That sounds really dirty. Um, <laughs> no, a, a very unconvincing bust of his head. Oh yeah, he he kind of looks like um, Doc Brown he from does. Back to the Future. He does look like Christopher Lee, doesn't he? No, not Christopher Lee. Sorry, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Sorry. I don't I don't know who Patrick Trown is supposed to be. I think he looks a bit like Reese Shearsmith, you know. 
<laughs> oh, so you mean when they cast him in Adventures in Space and Time, they were like, that's him, that's the man. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. So yeah. he's pickled the first and second doctors. Yeah. Yeah. He pickled, uh, she's pickled them to create a time menagerie. Right. Uh, um, she needs one of every species throughout the universe to create. A, I, I, I'm not faking this. I'm trying to. <laughs> I've watched this so many times. Um, she's creating a time computer. Right. For why? To. to <laughs> I told you this would be difficult. <laughs> to to do things. To do the oh, oh well, I should have known. Oh. I should have known. And how does the doctor defeat her? Yeah. He um oh it's Ramana. There's a Time Lord brain inside the Manajarani's in computer. Yeah, um, and there are two time brains. Oh yeah, because there's already a Time Lord in the in the Rani's computer, and now they put another Time Lord, Romana's brain, into the computer. What will that cause so, to happen? Apparently, it'll make it overload. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what this is? I'm not kidding you. This is the fucking plot of Time and the Rani. She's creating a time manipulator in that, and the Doctor goes into the the time brain, doesn't he? There's a Time Lord presence yeah. in the time brain, which makes it overload, and it's the same bloody plot. <laughs> I hadn't actually thought about it's that. It's nice they to know that they're, they're no, they're, well, they're ripping off Pip and Jane Baker, the best writers of Doctor. You're right. You're right, you're right. They didn't even have the good sense to invite them. Actually, what a question. Joe. Yes. Would Dimensions and Time be even better if it was written by Pip and Jane Baker? Uh, Jack, I think the answer to that question is everything would be better if it was written by Pip and Jane <laughs> Baker. Can I tell you something? This is a complete side note, but I went to a place in Brighton yesterday called Snooper's Paradise and bought a load of Target novels, right? And they were priced between sort of £2 to £5, yeah? Depending on whether they were a first edition or what. Mm -hmm. Time and the Rani was there. Right. The Target novel. And that was 20 quid. Just that one alone. was. Oh. I, I, I can only imagine that the prose of Pip and Jane Baker is so treasured. <laughs> I, I can't explain it. I Did you buy it? I did not. Not for £20, No. Um, however, had Pip and Jane written <laughs> had they written a novelization of Dimensions in Time, I would buy that again and again. I I have another question for you. Yes. So we've to, obviously we're tackling this uh, as an episode of Doctor Who. Yes, which it is. How do you think this is? <clears throat> How do you think this holds up as an episode of EastEnders? Did you ever watch EastEnders? Actually, I did watch EastEnders at this point. I really fancied the arse of Grant Mitchell <clears throat> at this point. Mm -hmm. So I really, I did watch EastEnders at this point. Um, well, I mean, I think there is another way into this story, i.e. they could have told it from the point of view of one of the EastEnders characters just experiencing <laughs> all this weird shit going on. But they didn't go down yeah. that route. It could be a bit like, you know, yeah, like so... Rose in, in the, the first episode of the new series. We could just call it like, I don't know, 
we could call it Sharon. And it could be all about Sharon Mitchell and her really bad day on the square. And Doctor Who 30th anniversary. Do, 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 Sharon. <laughs> I'd be there for that. Um, Wait, what's the name of the guy who does the whole mugging, mugging at the camera? What's the name of the guy oh, who mugs at the camera? Uh, that's uh, Frank Butcher. We could call it Frank. <laughs> what if we just named it? No, no, we could call him Butch. Butch. <laughs> um, but I think as an episode of EastEnders, I think, uh, you know, they're currently repeating EastEnders on UK Gold at the moment. They're somewhere in the late 80s, I think, the early 90s. I don't think that yeah. the Dimensions and Time is going to be slipped into the run, you know. And I think that's an oversight. No. <laughs> I've it's got... not going to be slipped into the run. <laughs> I love the thought that it's someone's marathon, the entirety of EastEnders. Someone's got like a VHS, like home recorded copy of Dimensions of Time. They're like tossing over whether they put it in or not. Or like, I wonder if in EastEnders magazine, it's like the lost, the missing lost episode of EastEnders. Dimensions in time. In time. I sorry. I've just been thinking of the opening shot of Rose, of you know, panning around the moon and diving into London and going into the Vic. It could be like it could be like Gita and Sanjay going out to their stall, and then these time slips just start happening all around them, and then the monsters appear, and 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 she's like, "Oh, Gita, uh, we're having a really bad day today, aren't we?" I've, I've seen better trade, you know. I um, did you uh, did you begin the year twenty thirteen by going two thousand thirteen? Well, of course. Did you? Did you not? Yeah. I I don't think tragically. I don't think I had discovered my love of dimensions. It's astonishing as well. I was too... The costumes they gave them to wear in the 2013 scenes, it was so <clears throat> accurate. Everyone was wearing, you know, Renaissance wigs and things. Oh, yeah. Don't they say <clears throat> that flares are back in fashion? Well, to be fair, they do, do sort of have their time, flares. They're in and out <gasps> all the time. Oh, those those truth speakers. I've got a question for you, Jack. Do you, Of the two stories of Doctor Who that were broadcast in the 1990s, um, is Dimensions in Time the superior story? What was the other one? Was it Curse of Fatal Death? No, the TV movie. Oh, what? <laughs> we did a whole episode about it. You're right. You're right. We also discussed the Rose treatment of the TV movie in that one, except it was... Can you imagine if John Hurt was in this? Oh, yes, please. Oh, and uh, no, I'd throw them all in. The Richard E. Grant one, the Rowan Atkinson one. Have them all turn up. Yeah. You haven't answered my question. I think at a script level, somehow the TV movie is better. Do you think? I think this makes more sense than the TV movie script. No, I think the TV movie is better as a story because the ca- there are actual characters in that story who have actual emotional arcs. They're not good ones, but they're there. Whereas Dimension in Time... <laughs> a lot of stuff just happens for 
for like 20 minutes and nobody knows what happened. Yeah, but, but, but it's for charity, so we go along with it. The TV movie does not have like Victoria in it going, who is that terrible woman? Doesn't have John Pertwee in it going, Madam, what? Yeah, where's the, f-? you know, yeah. like, like I, I, and do, you know, do, you know what, do you know what it doesn't have? Do you know what it doesn't have? Go on. It doesn't have a vervoid oh going my into God. the Queen Vic. In the background of the running, just it going off on a tangent. It doesn't have Fifi from Happiness Patrol. I think the TV movie would That's be right. improved exponentially if at the climax, when the Doctor's manor called, um, and Ro- uh, Rose, Grace is you know doing all that thing under the console to, to start the TARDIS, um, if um, Sylvester McCoy momentarily jumped out of Paul McGann's face and went, It'll overload. <laughs> I think it would it would be a far superior story. Uh, it was on the planet Scaro that my old uh, nemesis Fifi was finally put on trial. <laughs> <laughs> no, imagine, they imagine, she... right, because Dimensions of Time is the only story that's been broadcast before this, that the beginning was like, my old enemy. The Rani, who is he basically does the synopsis of the dimensions in time instead of that bollocks that he talks about. I'll be there for that. Yeah, but the, the, no, we couldn't do that because that would require killing off K. O'Mara in the opening sequence oh of the God. TV movie, and that is truly unforgivable. No, yeah, indeed. In fact, it is a. I think that is the crushing shame of nineties Who not uh, having a run that we did not have more Kate O'Mara. And I'm being deadly serious about this. No, I agree with you. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, did you ever see the cutscenes for, what was it, Destiny of the Doctors, the the PC game? I did, yeah. The, the, The only master bits. Yeah, who, you know, and he does that prayer where he's like, Vellum, new way, now. Can I tell you something? Uh, yeah. I think Ian Levine may have done a car of the Destiny of the Doctor stuff as well. Oh, my God. Leave it alone, he even, like, You know that, uh, that BBV video, Downtime? He got Sylvester yeah. McCoy to shoot a scene of himself as the Doctor playing chess with um, the great intelligence. Oh, I've seen this. It looks terrible. Oh, it's just awful. Like, like it's, it's just, it's basically, like, not, you know, I, I wouldn't want to shit on any, anyone's passion projects, but it ain't good. You know, there, I remember on, um, there was a panel they did, um, you know, in 2013 when they were doing all the anniversary panels. Um, and they did that panel with, um, or, um, all the old doctors except Paul McGann, okay. uh, who didn't show up for some reason. But it was, so it was all the original classic doctors minus the TV movie. And there's a bit where Sylvester McCoy is kind of, aside from the Tom fact that Tom Baker is, he's really not there. He's just doing his own thing. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a bit where Sylvester McCoy goes, um, and and we were filming Doctor Who in 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 toilets with fans, and I was just like, and it took me a moment to go like, no, Sylvester, you're everybody's laughing, but you're telling the truth. You were in people's bathrooms filming Doctor Who. 
in the nineties, and, and uh, sort of also in the nineties, there was this uh, like wave of low budget but kind of high concept movies. Like um, there was a Sontaran one, Shakedown, The Return of the Sontars. That one's oh, really, yeah. it's rather good actually. And they did this this hilarious. I mean, it's it's so bad, it's good documentary trial thing called Lost in Space where you've got Turlo as um the one of the lawyers you've got Nicholas Courtney as the judge um and oh, I can't remember who told and and basically Sold. I've got the VHS the judge. I've got the VHS I'll play it to you one day and it, they're basically talking about sexism in Doctor Who and you know look, my point is this is Dimensions in Time these movies the Auton series people were trying to find ways to make Doctor Who in the 90s when the BBC just didn't give a shit. And isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And this was for chat. Do you know, do you actually know how much uh, Dimensions and Time raised for children in need? I do, yeah, hang on. About 36p. No, sorry, I'm joking. Um, no, I'm sure I'm sure it was a lot. I think I think a lot of people were... were uh, they always do well whenever they do children and stuff. It's always in the millions. And they, and they did do... I, I've seen publicity stuff from this. They did do quite a bit of publicity for this, didn't they? They did. Um, there was... There was... Not for this story. There was a, a wonderful moment where... Oh, hang on. I am going to go into a Rani-style time loop as we transition into a new recording block. I have escaped from the the Rani's time bubble. Right. Um, What I was going to say was um, there's a wonderful clip uh, on one of the DVDs, I think it's a Trial of a Time on a box set, where it was like a, uh, a Pudsey Children in Need special. And the Doctor Who Appreciation Society had raised some money, so they dragged in every Doctor Who actor you could think of to come out of the TARDIS holding this ultra-long check, okay? And you've got Susan oh, and Turlow and Patrick Trout and John Pertwee, and there's literally thousands of the buggers. And guess how much the check's for? How much? It's about like two grand or something. And I'm like, holy shit. They could have had a fucking whip round and made more money than that. This lot, they're all actors. Like, oh, dear God. Anyway. Um, I've got a, cool. I've got a, some, I, I've got quickly, I've got some, uh, I've got one rapid fire question for you. Go. Which is, uh, which is better, Dimensions of All Time or Doctor in Distress? Oh, what a choice, because I wouldn't want to lose either of them. Um, hang on. So I, I'm basically choosing between that try to exterminate. Exterminate. And, oi, is anybody there? there? Both are particularly skilled pieces of work. Um, I think I would keep <laughs> dimensions in time, because, it, honest to God, Doctor in Distress gives me three minutes of pure play. It's like a three-minute-long orgasm. But the t- Dimensions in Time is like a 20-minute-long orgasm watching it. So yeah. I'm going for the longer orgasm. Oh, I see. So what? Um, 
uh, Doctor in Distress is the best orgasm of your, of your life, but Dimensions in Time is the best sex of your life. Oh my god, that is the best <laughs> intercourse ever. And you know what? No stone is left unturned, no monster is hidden away, no doctor is left out. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. I next question. Mm. Um, would um, should Day of the Doctor have included a reference to Dimensions in Time? Oh, for sure. I think I feel like any anniversary should. And in fact, what I think should happen for the 60th is they should remake Dimensions in Time with all the new Doctors as well. <laughs> Can you imagine if instead of landing in Trafalgar Square? At the beginning of the doctor, they landed outside the Queen Vic. Is there a more, like now, is there a soap opera with like a more recognisable setting than Albert Square? I don't think there is, is there? It would still be Albert Square. I don't know. I'm not quite across my British soaps, so I don't really know. But I'm going to say no, because <gasps> obviously it's the Queen Vic. No, wait. For the 60th anniversary, I'd have all the doctors turn up at the first dates, ho uh, the first dates restaurant. And uh, they all have to have weird cross cross dates across time with each other, and have them all filmed. No, they're not going to lead to anything. Obviously, they're all going to end with them going their separate ways. But I'd be, I would. That's right. Um, Jack, uh, I've got two more questions. Oh, I'm scared. Uh, next question is: How do you think the uh, old doctors in the mid '90s look in their old costumes? Not bad. Good enough, I think. I mean, McCoy looks exactly the same, which is great. Yeah. And it, it, the, the one thing that I usually take from that when I watch it is that McCoy and Ace uh, both look terrific, and they absolutely could still be playing the parts in the series at that mm -hmm. point in 93. Colin Baker's hair looks a bit weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they're getting old. Like, I mean, you can't really say, well, how dare they get old, you know? Like, yeah. How ridiculous is I that? How do you think the companions fare uh, in terms think, of their costumes? I mean, okay, Leela's yeah. got a crazy costume. Uh, well, what's Victoria wearing? She looks like she's from I Dickens thought... all of a sudden. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I to be to be honest, I'm just my I I, I haven't noticed what she's wearing just because my eardrums are recoiling. <laughs> um, who else is in it? Let's see. Oh well, no. Uh, Nissa's wearing just she's just turned up in like her normal blouse, isn't she? Yeah, that's what I was I meant to say earlier. She's wearing her costume from Hand of Fear, isn't she? Oh, you're talking about Sarah. Um Oh sorry, Sarah is oh who who did you say? Nissa. She's just wearing like normal clothes, like from the nineties. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah uh, she just rocked up to set in her normal clothes, I'm assuming. This was during Janet Pilding uh, Pilding's drought, so obviously she had nothing to do with this at all. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Adric, as we established, also wasn't there for some reason. Where was Chameleon? Where was Chameleon in the old Vic? Are you kidding me? Chameleon's basically every other character in this story. Oh, you're right. He, you're right. Jack, I've got a secret. He is Fifi from yeah. Happiness Patrol. That's he, Chameleon. He's secretly in Happiness Patrol. No, that's, you know, because Chameleon can turn into anything. He's Fifi in Dimensions yeah. in Time. Oh, right. I thought you meant to say that in The Happiness Patrol, Chameleon has actually gone mad and has now <laughs> become the, the um, Candyman. No, no. Well, Chameleon's dead by that point. So, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. As much as a robot yeah. can die. Yeah. No one's ever really dead in Doctor Who anymore. 
Um, but yeah, um, uh, other costumes, any other standouts? Uh, I think uh, Mel looks terrific. She's wearing yeah. no, she's wearing normal clothes for once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, other than that, and I guess Sarah, who really stands out. Yeah. Um, what was um, um, who's would? What was your other question? Hmm? What was your second question? Well, yeah, my my. I think my final question was: Do you have any memories of seeing this when it first came out? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I remember I had it on VHS, and I and I wore that VHS out. It was new Doctor Who, and I was thirteen, so I was desperately <laughs> excited. And I think I think oh, so for you... a long time I tried to convince myself it was like a you know a serious piece of work. Uh-huh. Have you? I'm assuming then were, were you ever embarrassed by Dimensions in Time? I don't think so at the time. But then I was thirteen, so I was pretty embarrassed by everything at that point. Um, Oh no no no! I meant like later uh, oh, after you no, were thirteen. No. no, I think I've always loved it. I've always just adored it. Oh, like, I, you know, I came to a point where okay, this is a bit of camp tosh. But like, yeah, the, do you remember the, the House Stammers and Walkers handbooks? I'm going to get in trouble on that because I keep referencing these and criticizing them. They gave Dimensions in Time zero out of ten and said, "What an embarrassment! This is not a Doctor Who story." I will like go crawl up your own ass and watch Ambassadors of Death. Like it's yeah. so much fun. Mm. it's a travesty it has never been released on dvd i i'm thinking it might be a special feature one day you know in something <laughs> would you Wouldn't buy the dvd great? outright just just dimensions in time i would pay top dollar for it just by itself <laughs> and the blu-ray <laughs> Do you know, you know how, uh, wasn't it with the original release of Sharda, they came with like the scripts as well? Oh my God. I'd love an original script of Dimensions in Time. Yeah. I want to see the first draft of Dimensions in Time. And they've got a ready-made gimmick because you just need to put the 3D glasses with every DVD. You're right. Oh no, you have to read the novelization wearing the 3D glasses. Oh, and then there's a picture on every other page that comes at you. My God, yeah. it's Fifi from oh, Happiness Patrol. Omara just popping out of the page. <laughs> yeah, Say although, goodbye. Have you ever watched these with 3D glasses on? No. It, okay, so so it is genuinely like okay, it's that kind of lawnmower man crappy 3D effects, but it does genuinely like come out the screen. So there there is like an interactive experience with it. You actually just reminded me they uh, they did honor Dimensions in Time in the fiftieth anniversary by making it in three D. Did you watch it in three D? I did, yeah. I bet the bit where the painting comes at you was incredible. Oh, that was amazing! And um, I remember a lot. You could tell they filmed it in three D because there were a lot of shots where the camera would move around the set, and you could tell it was to emphasize the kind of depth of the picture. Oh yeah, uh huh. Because like I remember there was a shot of like um, the two of Queen Elizabeth, and it was moving around this. They were really deep into the shot. But there was this tree branch that was really close to the uh, camera, and it really popped out uh, in my memory. Uh, I'm um, so okay. I-, I will wrap up our dimensions in time review because I think we can both yeah. agree that we both love it, right? Love it a bit. Well, sorry. Last, 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 last question. Go on. Who would you get to novelize it? 
Oh my God, Gary Russell, without a shadow of a doubt, because he's so like he loves <laughs> plugging gaps in continuity. So he'd give every character like a backstory. We'd explain where every monster came from. It would just be incredible. He would explain where it is in seven Doctors timelines. Exactly. Yeah, and, and like to be fair, like okay, I, I. Gary Russell, I think he's a fantastic audio director. I think he was a very good script editor when he was part of the show. I don't think he's the best novelist in the world, but we can't all be perfect at everything. But he did take sure. the TV movie and make a reasonable novel out of it. So maybe... Yeah, which they, maybe they just re-released it. He could take Dimensions in time. No way. Ian Levine. Ian Levine can write it. Because he's clearly got enough <laughs> love for this. So wait, Ian Levine writes it and Gary Russell's script edits it oh. or edits it? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah. And I Actually, will not Gary... accept it unless it's at least 500 pages long. Yeah, Gary's probably there going, oh, go on, Ian, you can shove in another reference. Do you imagine like it go could be, on, it could be like um, Lords of the Rings start, you know, thickness with like, you know, just like, like an entire chapter just to describe, I don't know. Uh, how the how the heads came to be pickled in time and things like that, you know. Wow, just the idea that it's like a trilogy. <laughs> this is really thick trilogy. What would the sequel I... be? Um, okay, I've got a question for you then. To, yeah. to pull all this together. Uh, so the yeah. 10th anniversary was the three doctors. The 20th anniversary yeah. was the five doctors. Uh -huh. The 25th anniversary was Silver Nemesis. The 30th anniversary uh -huh. was Dimensions in Time. The 50th anniversary was the Day of the Doctor. I think the 40th yeah. just got skipped by. I think nothing happened on the 40th, did it? It was going to be the Dark Dimension, but then TV movies knocked that for six. So yeah, I is, yeah. is Dimensions in Time, of all of these stories, the best celebration in Doctor Who's history? There's only one answer to this question, Jack. Is it yes? That is the correct answer. Yay! <laughs> I win! Okay. Uh, I, certainly in terms of... Um, okay, all right. No, no, what no. do I win? What do I win, Joe? I'm going to make a genuine argument for this, okay? In terms of... Okay, Doctor Who, yeah, is yeah. an insane camp imaginative heightened heightened bit of nonsense yeah and so is dimensions yeah. in time now day of the doctor okay is um a superb tv production yeah and it is yeah. a terrific script but it's only celebrating the new series right and in terms of like of this of what doctor who is day of the doctor is not what doctor who normally is it's not normally that good. Dimensions in time, however, this is how good Doctor Who can be frequently. <laughs> so as a celebration of the, the madness of Doctor Who, then Dimensions in Time wins out. No, you know what Doctor uh, do you know what Dimensions in Time is? It is Doctor Who as good and as bad as it ever will be simultaneously. Yes. Featuring, and let's be honest, some of the best um, contributors to Doctor Who ever. Certainly in terms of performance. 
Like it has got some yeah. some of the best Doctor Who characters in it, the best actors. Yeah. I like to think that uh there was that we can retcon a Morbius uh a Morbius doctor in there somewhere. Oh, okay, hang on. Hang on. It has got to be <gasps> it's Frank outside the Vic. <laughs> Frank is a pretty yeah, is a pre Hartnell doctor. He's one of the timeless children. <laughs> Where was he in the montage of the Timeless Children? Oh, Jack, I, I really feel like anything we record after this will be irrelevant because the, the discussion of the dimensions in time is... You know, you know the bit where... You know where the bit where the, the Matrix explodes in oh, um, Timeless Children? Yeah. The reason it explodes is the last thing you see before that shot of the Matrix exploding is of Frank going, whoop, with his nose. <laughs> I've seen him, I've seen him thrown out the Vic, but never dragged <laughs> in. No, never dragged in. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, the Matrix... His TARDIS turns, it spins up at the end of D Day of the Doctor. The you know when they're all going in and before the big explosion on Galfrey? Well, I've seen them brought, drag, dragged out the Vic, but <laughs> never dragged in. <laughs> is that the only line of dialogue he ever has? I think so. I, I like the idea, go. though, that the Doctor's like, she's like, ah, oh, I'm going to pour all of my memories into the Matrix and make it explode. But it's only when the plot of Dimension in Time hits that the whole of the Matrix overloads because it can't handle the implausitive. I swear, wasn't there um, uh, a book, in, one of the Virgin books in the 90s or something where the Doctor, where it was canonized and the ninth, uh, the seventh Doctor was like, oh, I had this weird dream. That I was on the set of East of of um, EastEnders. I don't know if that's true. Being chased by the Rani. But I hope it is true. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm going to research that and I'm going to confirm it when we come back in season four. Four. Four, man. Yeah. Four. Season four. Do you have anything else to say about Dimensions in Time? I think I'm Before done. Segue into... I think it's glorious. I think it's a load of shit, and I think it is. <laughs> Like, I mean, that's basically what I said about the Timeless Children. It's just bloody awful, and it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's Doctor Who in a nutshell. Bloody awful and bloody brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you have... Okay, so this this is uh, effectively... So uh, I'll take us back to season one, where I dropped yeah. on you, I think on Mike, but that was the end of season one. So we, we, we yeah. become a bit better at this now. Uh, actually structuring our seasons um we're at the end of season three we've had a walloping like five thousand people press play on this podcast uh, I know. Or, or at least five thousand of the same person pressing play five thousand times um, yeah. it's it's just you and me clicking refresh going when are they going to get to the dimension of the time episode <laughs> actually i don't i don't play them like on podcasts think afterwards not not very often anyway but i know there's an audience out there because people have given us a lot of like fantastic feedback and it has been like 99 percent overwhelmingly positive um we've had some terrific guests on as well haven't we let's be honest yeah we? yeah seasons. Um, we've been so lucky we gave some people their very first podcast experience like fraser never never got I know. Live. 
insane to think about that because he was so much fun. I was smiling for about half an hour afterwards with just joy of how much fun that had been to record. Kayla and Rohan as well. I think that was their first podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Seasoned performers, both of them, but never seasoned podcasters. Um, so I, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's listened because without mm. you guys listening, like, oh, well, we probably still put it out. Let's be honest, we have fun doing it. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it is nice to know we're playing to a crowd. Indeed. Well, I always take you back to that comment of who's going to want to listen to us, Joe? Oh dear. I wish I'd never have said that, but I, it does give us good material. Um, no, um, I'll uh, say far less eloquently than Jared, far maybe less concisely. Thank you very much for everybody who's listened to us over the course of the last season and over the last several epi- uh, over the last several seasons, which bizarrely have all happened in under less than a year. Um, the the nine one be praised has been not to sentimentalize too much, but it has been spun out of Joe and I just enjoying having conversations with each other. The, 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 the core of the show has always been Joe and I going, we should, we just have lovely conversations about Doctor Who that we have fun talking. We have fun, so much fun talking to each other. Why don't we record? And it's, it's very fun and in, lovely for us to put these things out and see other people having fun listening to all these kind of poorly structured rambling free-falling skydiving conversations we have so for everybody who listens thank you we we sincerely mean it we're very grateful for all uh for all the listening that you do it's delightful and uh, to maybe entice or appetite wet just a little bit, what's coming up, Jack? Um, so we, um, I'm assuming, should we mention guests? Because yeah, we've got or, some guests. or should we wait to? No, no, we've got some guests I coming mean... up. You, why don't you mention yours, and I'll mention mine. Uh, well, I, I don't have any guests of my own outside maybe roping in Kayla and Rohan again um, because they're always up for a laugh. Um, I'll have to I, – I can hopefully try and find some other people to introduce. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I think we were chatting briefly about possibly doing the Romans, which is, um, oh, I both of them – both of them are lovers of Roman history. Oh, so no. I'm curious to see what – yeah they're both very studious Kayla in particular she loves Roman history so I'm very curious to see what she makes of that one I mean I adore that Um, story so I hope they don't pick it apart too much although they have every right to pick apart the sex romp that it's episode 3 yes that's right but um, Joe do you have any other guests you would like to introduce so I am um, bringing on board for one episode uh, Stephen B from New to Who and we are going to be doing a bit of prep work and essentially listening to three target novelizations in audio form and watching the stories and doing an episode that's around um from book to screen or it would be some sorry from screen to book because the tv show would have come first and then the book how it sometimes uh expounds with without a budget 
what perhaps that story could have been in a book form. And Stephen's chosen like three mm. really good examples uh, of stories. So there'll be plenty to talk about there. Um, we're also going to uh, get to the, the invasion of the dinosaurs, <clears throat> which we've been talking about some time. Yeah. Because uh, that was kind of requested, wasn't it, by a group of friends? So. Sort of. I mean, uh, we were in a group chat and everybody kind of bullied me for not <laughs> for having not seen it. You need to see it. You uh, need to see it, mate. Yeah. Oh, oh, I look forward to it, not only because of the somewhat dodgy dinosaur effects. Sorry, the dinosaur effects. Um but also because I hear it's also actually quite a terrific story in its own right. And um, and there's a very good chance, if you have listened to this podcast with any kind of frequency, that none of this will happen at all and we'll just decide to do yeah. something else entirely. But this is the plan <laughs> for now. Davis will be on the podcast. <laughs> Whoa! No, we're, we're... Stephen Watford will be on the podcast to we're... do the trial. We're going to do the rap battle between Stephen Moffat and Ross T. Davis. Mm. And then Chris Chibnall will turn up and 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 he'll MC. No, no, no. He'll, a couple be, of he'll be there like his points of view episode going, well, there's not really much to it, is there? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we are we are really looking forward. We'll be back in about four weeks. Did we say four weeks? Yeah. About... Yeah, something like that. And... Unless we're lying. Unless we're lying. We're back next week. <laughs> um, Jack, do you want to see us out? Um Certainly, Master. Um, in Coming. five, four, <laughs> in five, a four, a three, a two, a one. The, the nine will be praised. praised. Oh, we're so good. We, we are. We're getting great at this yeah, now. I, I think God, next I don't week, know what came over me. Can we do them all in, in the voice of Soldied? It is I, Soldied. And you know what? Since it's the end of a season, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the great journey of life. You meddlesome hussy. Do not, Do not touch, touch the, the sacrifices. <laughs> Until next season. Um, should we stop there or should we keep going? No, no, let's stop. See you next time. Right. Bye. <laughs>